Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. What is the best landing spot for Derek Carr? Who was the best head coach hire of the offseason? And who was the worst head coach hire of the offseason? All that and more on a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Let's roll! You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Football fans, welcome to a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL podcast, our first Thursday in the offseason. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs, who both me and Alex picked to win the Super Bowl because we are geniuses. All jokes aside, Thank you for making Locked On NFL your first listen every day. Remember, Monday through Friday, NFL content all year long on the Locked On NFL YouTube channel, your favorite podcast platform, and always for free. We are going to dive into the best landing spot for Derek Carr. Before we get into it, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL and the official sportsbook partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. So Derek Carr was officially released by the Las Vegas Raiders earlier this week. They did not want to pay him the $40 million in bonus money that he was set to make, uh, I believe, on Friday. Uh, With that being said, Derek Carr is now a free agent, and since he was released by his team and not just became an unrestricted free agent like we see a lot of free agency guys here coming in March. Derek Carr can sign with whoever he wants whenever he wants. Now, the word on the street is he's not going to rush his decision. He's going to take some visits. He's already visited with the Saints. I'm sure he'll have a couple more teams he wants to see with. You've heard from Ian Rappaport, teams like the Panthers, teams like the Bucks, teams like the Jets, and maybe more Maybe the Titans for some reason. I don't get that one. But there could be a lot of teams interested here. But Alex, what's most important is what is the best landing spot for Derek Carr? What's the what's the best opportunity for him to have the best 2023 season? I mean, Carolina. <laughs> like so 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 let's so let's go by process of elimination here quickly. Um right. I don't trust Dennis Allen. I don't trust Todd Bowles. He needs an offensive-minded head coach to allow him to kind of spread his wings, do what he does, because I think Derek Carr is slowly starting to seep into the camp of this Andy Dalton stigma. Derek Carr is a good quarterback, okay? He is a good quarterback. He's not great. He's a B, B-minus quarterback with great leadership capabilities, and I feel like that's exactly what Carolina needs with Frank Reich with DJ Moore, who may be the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL in purgatory down there the last couple of years mm-hmm. with the quarterback play. Like, I think that that's the, because there's going to be a lot less pressure for him to perform than there mm-hmm. would be in Tampa Bay or New Orleans. And I think it's just a perfect culture fit where he can walk in and just be the leader of a team that desperately needs leadership. Yeah, and I think process of elimination, one more team that I am going to eliminate that maybe makes sense on paper. And I think even earlier in the year, I thought it would be a good fit. The New York Jets, yeah. I'm sorry, Derek Carr has kind of a down-home, grounded vibe to him. And right. I just don't think Derek Carr would enjoy himself with the New York media. I just don't see that as a fit. 
I think one of the teams that that you didn't like, and I get it, but I think Tampa Bay would actually be the best fit for Derek Carr. Without the injuries, they have a pretty good offensive line, and that's important. They still have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and some pieces down there as well, Russell Gage. I, I think that that could be an offense where Derek Carr could thrive. Now, there is the Todd Bowles factor, and I don't think that Todd Bowles is a very good head coach. I think he's a great defensive mind. Yep. Not a very good head coach. We see that all the time. Some guys just have coordinator face. That's what uh, I've heard the joke being made before. Luan Arumo, Vic Fangio, or guys like that. I just don't think that they're great head coaches, but they are great, brilliant defensive minds. So Derek Carr has a lot of experience in the NFL. Maybe him in combination with whoever they choose to be their offensive coordinator down there could get the most out of the offense. I know that Brady still had the ability to throw it deep, and they would throw bombs, and at the end of the year, watch him throw all those bombs to Mike Evans. I don't want to sell short Brady's ability to throw it throw it deep, but at the core of what Tom Brady wanted to do, it was a quick passing attack, get the ball out, get it to guys who get open like Evans and like Godwin, and I think that Derek Carr would fit very well within an offense that already has the idea of, hey, we're going to pick you apart, West Coast, quick throws, and if Todd Bowles can get that defense who is based on his comments throughout the year, maybe smelling their own salt a little bit too much. If they can get that defense back to playing where it should be, that defense combined with a Derek Carr-led offense with those weapons and the media down there not being as tough as the New York media or maybe some teams on the coast, I think that that could be a perfect fit for Derek Carr as well. Well, and yeah, and the division's terrible. So that's another thing where it's like... Panthers, same thing. Yeah, same thing. I mean, the AFC, the NFC South is just like mm-hmm. there is no, there is no, uh, you know, dynasty in waiting there. And and one thing no. that you can say about Derek Carr is it doesn't matter anywhere he goes, he's going to help. And I feel like that that's right. something that that not a lot of quarterbacks. He's not a great quarterback. There are very right. few. What four great quarterbacks in yeah. the NFL now? Four or like, five. You don't max. have to be great. You have to not be Tyler Huntley. You have to not be Sam Darnold. Like, there's far more bad quarterbacks than there are great ones. And finding someone in the middle is exactly what Derek Carr is. He's a dictionary definition of an elevated game manager who's not going to make so many mistakes Mm -hmm. you're going to have to bench him, but he's not going to throw for 450 yards when you're down 27 points and come back and get a victory. Like, it was him and Josh McDaniels at fault last year, but I think there's a lot more blame pie percentage that should have gone to Josh McDaniels than it did. And, you know, the Raiders defense has been terrible. Aside from the pass rush, the Raiders defense hasn't been good. He's had so many head coaches, Tyler. He's had Mm -hmm. so many different head coaches. It's like we we gave Baker Mayfield that pass when he had three head coaches in the first four years. Why has Derek Carr not gotten that pass? He needs stability. I think Frank Reich would be that stable force that's going to be there. They love being head coaches for a long time in Carolina. Right, right. And and Carolina does have some good weapons. As you outlined before, they have some talent on defense. I don't think that that is a team that's so, so far away from making a playoff. They're going to have so many picks. Right, right. So they have the ability to get a lot better around Derek Carr if they want to do that. For me, I'm just echoing what you were saying here. Derek Carr is, and shout out to Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah, who I first heard this uh, phrase with, trucks and trailers. Some quarterbacks are trucks that pull the team along. Some guys are trailers who have to be pulled along by their roster. Hmm. Make no mistake, Derek Carr is a trailer, but I think he's a guy who has shown that when you put good pieces around him, he isn't a guy who's going to kill you. 
out there either. So with that in mind, we're going to move forward. We got to talk about this head coaching cycle. Now that all five positions are filled, who was the best hire of the five? Who was the worst hire of the five? And last time I gave my bad hire take, I uh, got the internet a buzzing. So can't wait to dive into that. Before we do, want to tell you guys about the best tasting protein bars in the galaxy from our friends over at Built Bar. You get the best of both worlds with Built Bar. You get all of the health benefits of a protein bar, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, but you get all the taste benefits of a candy bar. They have great flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, and all the bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. So don't miss out. Do want to point out that when we first started advertising with Built Bar, you could only get them on their website, Built.com. The popularity of these protein bars has gone through the roof to the point where you can now pick up a box of Built Bars at your local Walmart or your local Sam's Club. So whether you want to shop online at Built.com, whether you want to go to your local Sam's Club, go to your local Walmart, pick up a 13-bar variety box at any source you want, and there's going to be something in there for everybody. The best-tasting protein bars of all time, Built Bars. Locked on NFL Thursday rolls on. He's Tyler Rowland at Tic Tac Titans on Twitter. Locked on Titans. Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals here. Both um, free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube for our respective uh, listeners, you know, with those two teams. Um, one of whom, one of which has a new head coach. The other doesn't. Um, but there are five teams that have new head coaches. And Tyler, we are going to run down in this segment the best hire of the five. And the next segment, we're going to run down the worst hire of the five. It's going to be a flashback Thursday, even though there's no alliteration there. I think Tyler and I both are going to come, you know, to an agreement on who the worst hire was. It may not be who you think. Now, Tyler, you're going to run down these head coaches and where they've landed. And then mm -hmm. I will give you the baton and allow you to give your first best hire. Uh, and I'll go after you. Giddy up. Okay, so now that all positions are filled, we have um, Shane Steichen hired by the Colts. The Colts once again steal an offensive coordinator from the Eagles after a Super Bowl run. Uh, we have Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles' former defensive coordinator, being hired by your Arizona Cardinals. We have Sean Payton, who was brought out of retirement, out of the media field and hired by the Denver Broncos. We have Frank Reich, who went from being the coach of the Colts last year directly into being the coach of the Carolina Panthers. And then we have D'Amico Ryans, who is the former defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers, who was hired by the Houston Texans. For me, the best hire among these is Frank Reich. I think that I have my issues with uh, Sean Payton's hire that we will talk about later on in the show. A little spoiler alert. For you guys, but look, Steichen, Nick Sirianni is a great coach. I, I don't know how much, I guess, responsibility we should give. Also, the Eagles had the most loaded with talent offense in the entire NFL. Okay, I don't want to take away from Steichen's performance as OC, but in a way, I kind of am because I don't think that it would take a genius offensive coordinator to pilot that Eagles offense with all that talent. They had the best offensive line in the league. They had A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, 
Devontae Smith, even Quez Watkins was solid throughout the year. They had Miles Sanders at running back and Jalen Hurts, who I think doesn't get the credit that he deserves for the type of quarterback talent that he is. I just think that it may be one of those cases where, oh, that team did really, really good. And, you know, we're going to take their offensive coordinator. I, that's not my worst hire, but I'm just saying I have my concerns. Jonathan Gannon, Eagles fans seem to hate him on his way out the door. Um, I don't want to put too much emphasis on a one-game sample in the Super Bowl, but there are obviously some concerns there, which uh, as the Cardinals guy, I'll let you divulge a little bit later. Um, and then D'Amico Ryans, I like D'Amico Ryans. I do. that. That's probably my second favorite hire if I had to choose, so I don't want to you know, give any negativity on that. I like that hire, but at the end of the day, it's Houston, and I don't know if I trust the McNair family uh, in that organization to do right by anybody. Um, especially with the way they've treated their coaches the last two years. So to me, it's Frank Reich. Frank Reich is a good football coach. He had a lot of quarterback upheaval. If Andrew Luck would have stayed and played for Frank Reich in the Colts, they might have a Super Bowl by now. The Colts consistently played good football, competitive football. They were well coached. And I think that Frank Reich was just a scapegoat for Jim Ursay's I guess, lack of patience. Quite frankly, Ursay went nuts in the middle of the year. He fired Frank Reich. He installed Jeff Saturday. He he forced them to take Matt Ryan out and, and play Sam Ellinger. I mean, I just think that Frank Reich got scapegoated by Jim Ursay because he was mad about their performance when really it's Chris Ballard's fault for what happened to the Colts and him not spending free agency money to support the roster, him not being risky enough to go out and get a young quarterback to build around. I don't think it was Frank Reich's fault what happened in Indy. And I think we just talked about the Panthers and how they have quite a bit going for them when we talked about Derek Carr. I think you add Frank Reich to Carolina in that division that's not super competitive. And I think the Panthers can make a big jump right away into a playoff team and and make some noise. So I think Frank Reich uh, is the best hire of the five. Yeah, he's the only one where it's like, well, it's not his fault that he got fired. Like, because it was, you know, it's Indy. Like, he should have, he shouldn't have been fired. Like, let's be honest. Frank Reich, he has his shortcomings, but as you mentioned, the tools in the tool shed were rusty. Let's put it that way. Or had two sprained ankles in one week and who threw an interception inside the one yard line, who happens to have red hair with his last name, you know, rhyming with sense. You know, like it, it hasn't been, it hasn't been great. And, you know, with Phillip Rivers, then they make a playoff game. And they lost to Buffalo, but they made a yes. playoff. They made the playoffs. Yes, with Phillip Rivers. He coached yeah. high school football the next season. With his 48 kids, I think they're all starting on the offense. So, <laughs> He's got like, a baseball team. One, I agree. Like that one, like we're grading on a curve here with all of them. And, and one thing I will say, I do think Cincinnati and Brian Callahan had the cushiest job on offense, uh, even, even more than Philly, even with Philly having the offensive line that they do. And it's interesting because it's a double-edged sword where Good coordinators get good jobs. You have to have good players to be a good coordinator to get right. good jobs. So it's a chicken or the egg situation. And I agree with you that Shane Steichen, like, we don't know why he chose India is weird because the dysfunctionality of that franchise is one of the more swept under the rug things that we've seen in the history. Right. Of, I know you know that right. from the South. The reason why it's Tamika Ryan for me, not because he's been the apple of my eye for 750 right. days now, but it's also because the most dysfunctional organization in football is the Texans. 
Yeah. Like, and I think that they take the cake with Jack Easter, Easterby and, and like all of these things with the McNair family, Bill O'Brien. At least they finally got rid of him. You know what I mean? Right. Jafar yeah. Easterby, right. as I called him. Right. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> but then, you know, and, and and the last two years, one and done with the head coaches, like D'Amico Ryans is going to be a calming force and a leader for an organization that desperately needs it. And again, we're grading on a curve. D'Amico Ryans getting hired by the Texans means more than any of the other four. Even with yeah. the Arizona Cardinals, that we'll dive right. we'll dive deep a little bit more into next segment. Like what D'Amico Ryan's has already done for the mm-hmm. foundation of that organization, it's not band-aids and crazy glue, like I call it the Arizona Cardinals, what Steve Kime has done. It's a complete new bedrock foundation for that organization immediately. And the whistle hasn't even been blown yet. And yeah. just because they love him, they know him, and players respect him immediately. And you can't yes. say, even with Lovey Smith and his ability to, you know, connect with players and his history, even though he has not done the same since. as Ryan's, who just no. played, you know, right. last decade. Yeah, and and that's well, that was one of my biggest things is that when when I wanted the Cardinals to hire him was he's played in this NFL, he knows. Mm-hmm. And look, Jalen Petrie and and all of those guys that they drafted Eric defensive Stingley, players. Yep. Oh my gosh, like how they have you, so much to work with. So, they such have a so clean much slate and, of p- picks from Cleveland, their picks, cap space. I mean. It's yeah, genius. And they're the second overall pick. Like they're going to draft the quarterback. They Thanks, Lovey Smith. They're going to be they're going to be the AFC South. It's going to be them and Jacksonville for the next decade you would expect. Uh and, and we're going to roll on here. I know the Titans are in the AFC South. Maybe they'll relegate. Maybe. Maybe they'll <laughs> relegate to, to the SEC. Uh Locked on NFL Thursday. He's Tyler Rowan of Locked on Titans. I'm Alex Clancy of Locked on Cardinals. We're going to dive into the worst hire of the five of all head coaching openings that have now been filled. Next, as Lockdown NFL Thursday rolls on first, there's one thing that there's no downside for. There's no worst in any part of the definition of this entity. Lockdown NFL Thursday, this episode, is brought to you by FanDuel. The only app that you need is FanDuel because the number it's the number one sports betting app in America, NBA, right. etc. Like, anything you need from FanDuel they've got okay the app is safe secure super easy to use plus which is something that is incredible is they have this thing called the no sweat first bet and new customers get a no sweat first bet up to a thousand bucks that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win just download the FanDuel app okay super easy Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, so we did the best hire. Tyler Rowland locked on Titans. Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals. Locked on NFL Thursday. Thanks for making Locked on NFL your first listen. First listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. It's taken six years to get these hires filled, to get these spots filled. It's insane. With the Cardinals and Colts waiting till after the Super Bowl ended to be able to hire their new leader of men, Tyler, of the five, we you gave me your best hire in Frank Reich. Going to Carolina probably shouldn't have been fired by Indy, but as you mentioned, Jim Mercer needed to scapegoat somebody. What is your worst hire? And again, 
these things are going to be graded on a curve as well. Like every organization is different. Every person that's hired has a different past, a different history, a different experience level. So when we talk about the person that I think Tyler and I are going to agree on here, it's because it's on a different plane than other hires. Tyler Rowland, take it away. All right. So I made this case a couple weeks ago on our show. It got clipped. It got used. It got moved around. And a lot of people um, got upset, to, to say the least. Uh but I'm sticking with it. I, I don't feel any different now that we've seen the two hires. I mean, Jonathan Gannon, I think, is maybe a little questionable. But to me, it's still not as bad as the Sean Payton hire. Okay? Again, Sean Payton is a good football coach. He's not a bad football coach. But he hasn't won a Super Bowl since I was a freshman in college. It's not like he has won a Super Bowl recently to make him some incredible Hire. Not only that, look, if they just hired Sean Payton, then fine. I mean, it's the Walton family. They have more money than God. All right? Like, pay Sean Payton $100 million a season. Not my money. Whatever. But they gave up draft compensation for him. And to me, to give up multiple picks for a coach is already pretty crazy. But the only coaches that I would even consider that for is like Andy Reid, maybe Bill Belichick, and I don't even know if I would do that now with Belichick because of his age. I, I mean, to give up draft capital and bring Sean Payton out of the media when, and here's another thing. I don't think that Denver wanted Sean Payton as their first choice. There's been reports about that. They lost out on a few of their top choices and then pivoted to Sean Payton. So you don't get your top choice and you give up draft picks for a coach who was in the media last year and hasn't won a Super Bowl since 2010. All of that together, to me, makes it just kind of insane, honestly. And look, this is what happens when you get a brand new owner, okay? They come in, they want to let everybody know, we're here, I'm here now, I'm making these moves, I'll take the risk, I'm doing something big. New owners want to announce themselves. These guys are billionaires. These guys are pioneers. These guys are titans in their industry. They don't want to come in with a whimper. They want to come in with a parade, a second Aladdin analogy. Prince Ali, this is a parade down the street. The Walton family is here. They wanted to come in and throw a parade. And I think that it wasn't their top choice. So to not get your top choice and then have to pivot to giving away draft picks for a coach, you know, it just, it's obviously, it stands out to me. It's obvious it's the worst hire of them all. The most risky as well. Okay. So that last part is the part that's important. Um, the draft picks didn't really bother me because it wasn't me giving them up. Like when the Cardinals were looking at him and I was like, oh, you know, that's that's a lot. First round pick, et cetera. But I understand the window is shrinking with Russell Wilson. I think that's pretty obvious, especially with how he played last year. You can blame that on Nathaniel Hackett, whatever you want. The Russell Wilson truthers in Denver have at it. You know, that's fantastic. We have no idea what Russell Wilson is going to be next year. We can't 
predict that what Russell Wilson will be next year is exactly what Sean Payton was able to do with Drew Brees in New Orleans. We can't. Right. Nobody knows. Okay. So if, if you want me to be Clan Stradamus, I'm not going to do it because I'm going to throw. I think up Drew Brees is a better, more talented player than Russell Wilson anyway. The so, big issue here, just grading on a curve like we were talking about, this has the biggest chance to be a massive disgrace of a first move by the Walton family in hiring a guy who hasn't won an important game in a long time. Now, sure. Uh, they playoff runs and such, you know, since then, but. But, you know, okay, the pass interference call, that was the last one. The second, or the, no, the, that was the second to last one. The last one was they changed pass interference rule. Kyle Rudolph pat and pushed <laughs> off the end zone, and that wasn't challenged. They lost to Minnesota the next year. So with the Saints, they've had their string of bad luck that Sean Payton was wearing a visor on the sideline and being the head coach, you know, it, during that a lot of balls could have bounced the different way, and they could have three Super Bowls right now, and we could be having a completely different conversation. But what I know about Russell Wilson is we don't know enough about Russell Wilson to pay 20 plus million dollars to a head coach thinking that Russell Wilson is just going to work. And you're going right. to trade away all of your contingency plan, hoping that for the next five seasons, Russell Wilson is going to play at an elite level. Also, we don't know if Sean Payton can do it again. This isn't like a set and forget. Like, right. I don't know what makes people think. And I know that they're going to add what the couple things that he does at is notoriety fear of opposing defenses and defensive coordinators just based on experience and his history and stability. And that's something they desperately need in Denver after the laundry list of coaches and quarterbacks that haven't worked. You know, this is a far cry from the Drew Locke experiment. And I understand why they want to rip the Band-Aid off and say, okay, you know what? This is going to be it. This is the system for the next five years. If it works, Super Bowls. If it doesn't, Russell Wilson's not going to spend more than three years as the head coach. The quarterback of the Broncos after this season like yeah we're in we're in we are in the world of that overpaid quarterback isn't working ship it so if it doesn't happen in the next 34 games Russell Wilson may not be the quarterback of the Denver Broncos moving forward so yeah I mean it, it, it to me it's the same move as the Russell Wilson trade just with quarterback yeah you overpaid and gave up draft capital for a guy who has a big flashy name that hasn't produced the results that justify the big flashy name in a couple of seasons. So to me, it's just the same exact move that they made with Russell Wilson, but for a coach now, instead. Really quick. So not to pile on because this isn't like a, hey, Tyler, let's talk about this again because what people drummed up the first time. That's not what this is. Again, the reason why is because it's the most high wire act. It has the biggest, the biggest crater of an organization to be left if this doesn't work. Now, right. Sean Payton, obviously the, the most credible of the hires. That's not that's not what we're talking about here. He's got the history. Right. Everybody else is a first year. I mean, Frank Reich isn't, but the other three are first-time head coaches. But mm-hmm. this is built on reputation and not, oh, this is 100% good work. It could be oil and water. We have no idea. There's a lot about Russell Wilson that is not being cocooned like it was in Seattle. Like... Mm-hmm. We don't know if he's the great leader that everybody thinks he is. We don't know if the offensive, the young offensive pieces are going to mesh. We don't know anything. They traded Bradley Chubb. What's that? What's that front seven going to look like? We don't know. There's a lot of things we don't know about the Denver Broncos organization. They weren't one coach away. They weren't one coach away. But if it works, it is going to be fun as hell to watch, regardless if you're a Broncos fan or not. 
it's going to be fun. They can put up 35 points. If it works, it's going to be fascinating. And if she, I'll be, be the fun either way. My shorts if it doesn't. <laughs> Honestly, whether it's good or bad, it might just be a good time to watch it happen. Yeah, it'll be fun regardless for sure. Yep. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us on a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. The offseason is here in full swing. Make sure you guys tune in tomorrow for the Friday edition with your boy Q and Chris Carter taking you home into the weekend. But we'll be back with you guys next Thursday. Everybody stay safe out there. And football season will be back before you know it.